Welcome to On the Bridge. I'm your host, Heidi Bianchi. Join me as we embark on a journey filled with insights on event planning, pop culture, and all things that excite me. Inspired by the name of my company, The Bridge Event Academy, this podcast offers a fun break for you to laugh and learn with me. Expect to hear from special guests who will provide their words of wisdom about events and life. As we sit together on the bridge, let's share stories and have some fun. This is my first podcast, so I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting new adventure. Let's sit on the bridge together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to On the Bridge. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Aisha Merchant. She is best known to be a mom of two cats. We will get into that. But she got into the wedding and event planning business uh, right after her own wedding three and a half years ago. And she has done several South Asian weddings, including Pakistani, Indian, Bengali, and Nepali. (laughs) She loves doing fusion weddings the most, where different cultures and faiths come together. She mainly operates in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but does events all over. She'd love to talk more about corporate events, but her main focus is very big weddings. So welcome, Aisha, to On the Bridge. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me on today. You're welcome. So, so far, anyway, the people I've interviewed are people I've known a very long time, uh, 20 plus years. And Aisha, you reached out to me via like my info email that I like never check back in March when I dropped my first pod and tell me how you found me and how we got here today. Yeah, so uh, we were, uh, well, I was mainly just on LinkedIn, getting all my profiles set up. So, of course, getting um, all the event professionals on. And then I, surprisingly, I landed on your page and I heard one of your podcasts. And I was like, this is very interesting. (laughs) Um, You know, like I love talking weddings. I love, you know, being in the event industry. So I thought it would be a good idea to connect. And this is uh, after a few reschedules. Here we are. Let's talk about your journey on how you've gotten into this event industry. So you grew up in Dallas. Like give give us a little background of like you, where you grew up, where you went to school, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no. So I was born and raised in Pakistan where I was there till I turned 17-ish. And then we moved to the U.S., to Texas mainly. I finished my high school here and, you know, like got into IT very early on in my career as well. Um, so I did like six years in DevOps, which is like very techie side. I enjoyed it a lot. And then my wedding came along and I enjoyed planning so much. I'm like, I'm not done with planning. I need to do more. And <laughs> luckily, my sister and one of my friends was getting married and they asked me to hop on and help out. And that's where I started kind of growing my network, expanded my search into different kind of weddings and different kind of vendors that they were looking for and absolutely a whole different experience than how how my wedding was. And then that's kind of like referrals and friends of friends. And now here we are three and a half years later, enjoying wedding planning full time. I quit my job earlier this year. So I kind of went from there. So talk to me about your wedding, because this seemed like a big turning point for you. So 
How big was it? I don't know if I can properly like wrap my brain around the scale of some of these weddings. Just for reference, my wedding was huge in terms of standards and it was 300 people. That to me was like outrageous. So many people. But tell me about yours. So mine was actually relatively smaller than more South Asian weddings. I had maybe 170 guests and that was like our cap. Um, I, I honestly did not want like crazy amount of people. It was a relatively smaller wedding. If I would do it now, same things. I would definitely do a lot of things different just because of course you learn from your procedures. Uh, but yeah, it was generally a smaller event. We had like four events. We danced all four events. Yeah, we did. Or wait a minute. What? It's not just like one day, like afternoon. No, four different days. I think it was like a Thursday through a Sunday, if I'm not wrong. You know, we had like one smaller one for 50 guests and another smaller one for 100 guests, then 175 and then like almost 200. So, you know, like our wedding and reception was spread out in two days. Our pre-wedding events like a Mihindi and a Mayu were done like before. When I say 175, 200 guests, it wasn't just for one event or one. Yeah. Event. So is it the same guests for each one? Or let's say you have your core 50. Mm-hmm. Are they invited to all their all? Correct. And so it's like your inner circle, then your second circle, then your third tier, and then your fourth tier. So that's kind of how it was. And, and no one gets upset, like the fourth tier players aren't like, well, no, that's expected at this okay. point. Let's say somebody's just invited the reception part of it, just the ceremony part of it. So I'm not familiar with a lot of these traditions and many days and some listening might not be either. So can you walk us through like each day and what the significance of each of them is? And is this like a traditional like Pakistani wedding or like? Yeah, this was a traditional Pakistani wedding. Uh, Both my husband and myself, we were born and raised there and our families are Pakistani. So we definitely followed those uh, customs most with the two pre-wedding events being like more the colorful, vibrant ones where like yellows, greens, purples, pinks, oranges. That was like kind of our theme for both of those events. Bride's family would throw one event for the bride side and then the groom's family would throw an event for the groom's side and it would be more um, like immediate families of both sides are still invited to each of these events, but it's more so just like a party, again, a reason to dance. And uh, you, they do some rituals where they feed you desserts, like feed the bride and groom desserts. Uh, and that's also done. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> An all dessert party. Is that what you're saying? This is <laughs> basically it was a lot of desserts. Yeah. Followed by our ceremony, which was more of a red theme that's kind of like cultural to wear like red on the day you kind of sign your papers and say I do so that was our ceremony it also was the exit part of it like the send-off was also the same day and then we had a reception which was more like pastel colors uh more of a just a reception you come in you eat um you dance and then you go home so you know basically we kept dancing for a really long time that night but that's how uh, it was a very typical reception yeah nice so then you 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 go you go on a honeymoon after that we did we went to hawaii for a honeymoon okay what island just uh we were in maui and oahu 
Uh-huh. Uh, so we went we went right before COVID hit. So I think like we really were lucky in that sense. So you come home from your honeymoon and you were like, that was so great. I want to keep doing this. So then then what was your like next step of like, like I wanna I wanna do more? What was yeah. what, like, so one of my friends was getting married and then my sister who started dating my husband's best friend while we were on honeymoon. So they connected and they're like, okay, we're also ready to get married. So we started planning their, uh, so they got engaged. So we planned their uh, engagement and stuff and then we planned their wedding. So, um, you know, something or the other kept happening. And once I started planning my sister's wedding, I was like, okay, I might be able to turn into into a, a side business where I'm mostly like coordinating only but then that grew, it kept getting bigger, it got more requests, and then got more into full planning afterwards. I like it when you started with your sister. I have a sister, so it's always like the sisters are helping each other. Like, Absolutely. Right. It was fun. It was challenging. And I still joke around. I'm like, you were probably my most difficult bride. So <laughs> you were like, wait a minute, what? So you're doing different kind of cultural weddings. So let's talk about like your biggest one. What's the biggest wedding you've done? And like, and how many days now that it's not just one day, (laughs) how many days? Um, Yeah. So I think the biggest one I would say was like spread out over four days with like two pre-wedding events, one ceremony and reception, kind of similar to what I've done, but it was more on like a, so uh, we had a traditional Muslim wedding and it was like a Hindu wedding that I did. It was almost half a million dollars. So big ticket wedding and it was, it was fun, very vibrant, had a lot more confidence, including like transport and uh, carriages and like the horses, a lot of dancing that definitely, you know, it's so much more fun to uh, plan something big like that. A lot of logistics that go in it. I believe that was probably my biggest project. And how many people was it? 450 okay. almost. Yeah. Have you have you gotten to rent an elephant yet or what what just the horses? Mostly horses. I haven't done an elephant yet. Each of these ethnic groups have their own traditions, right? So how are you learning or immersing yourself in making sure you do all the right things for these various groups? I mean, obviously you know yours, so mm-hmm. How are you making sure you're you're taking care of everyone in the other in the other groups? What really helped me is um, when I'm un- unless it's a tradition that I'm already familiar with. If it's definitely something new, let's say there's a ceremonial aspect that I've never learned before or don't know of, oh, definitely like research, 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 and then sitting along with the parents because all, most of these traditions are very um, like kind of passed down from like generation to generation. So parents are probably a better like resource in learning more about um, those cultures or traditions. So I believe like just setting up a meeting where the parents get involved, explain what they're looking for and how it's done and what's the importance of it and what elements go in it. What's the execution time like? All of these details are definitely answered by parents. I think that's really helped the most. Besides asking the couple, I think having the parents answered really helped. 
what is generally your planning timeline for these kinds of weddings? Are you like a year out, six months, three months? Year is ideal. Definitely. I prefer year or a little over a year. It definitely helps kind of. So a lot of um, some of the religious weddings that I've done, you have to have a specific date in uh, like in accordance with the moon calendar. So a lot of these are like auspicious dates. Um, that we have to kind of consider before we book a venue or book like any uh, start planning. So I think um, a year and a half out, a year out is like the ideal mark to kind of get started on the number of events, the number of guest count. Also, if you have a larger guest count, a lot more people are probably traveling in. So you have to figure out their accommodation, their transport. So definitely recommend uh, like a clients for a year out. Are there any brides and grooms not wanting to do what the traditional everything is? And are you mediating at any time between the parents and the people getting married a little bit? Are you this like quasi-therapist mediator? (laughs) I can't tell you the amount of times I've had to do that. Absolutely. Kind of just parents wanting something traditional, the bride and groom wanting something like different, something new. If there are like two different kind of cultures or faiths coming together, they want to, one family would push back on the other family's style or like tradition. So it's it's been very fun to do that. I've had some couples do very like fusion weddings. So it would be like two different religious ceremonies on the same day. So blending all of that together, it, it's fun. It's a lot to learn. And I, I absolutely love it. From when you first started doing this till like, let's say today, what are some of the biggest changes you've made, like as a planner, as a CEO, looking at your business and execution? Just curious. Uh, yeah, businesses and execution wise, I feel if I am more up clear and upfront with my clients, having them having like transparency into each planning process that goes through. I think that really helped me over time. Initially, I was trying to get things done and just giving them like vague ideas of what was happening, uh, mainly because either they did not want to get too involved because they were too busy to plan their own wedding and just wanted somebody to help. But I feel like um, after, after a certain time, I realized even if they're not too much into planning and I can just send them like details of what's being worked on. So when we when it's time for the execution, they know exactly all the elements that came, you know, together for the big day. And I feel like the appreciation went up as well. Are you, have you established more of like a solid core vendor base now that you've been doing this a little bit longer too? How, how's the vendor side? Yeah, um, we have very funny stories with vendors, but um, definitely now at this point, have a group of trusted vendors in different styles and different communities. I avoid trying to work with newer vendors that I have not had that communication or had that comfort with. I, you know, just to avoid all those surprises. But yeah, at this point, I feel like I'm very comfortable with, let's say a bride and groom want this specific thing. I know where to go and get it. I think that really helps. And also the trust that, you know, there's both sides, like the vendor and my side. Do you have to come up with new ideas for some of your brides or in group? Are the grooms involved or is it still mostly driven by the bride or is it the parents? Like who, who's the lead here? I'm so. So I've had times where parents were heavily involved. I still have some parents who would prefer to be involved, but like 
I think now at this point, I've been able to have that boundary with them. We're like, hey, I understand you're paying for it, but let's see what the bride and groom really want. So I, I, I feel like grooms have also been very interested in planning now. They want to know what's going on. They've been very proactive um, looking at venues. They're, they're sometimes earlier for meetings. They're sending me newer ideas. So it's very fun to work with grooms as well now because eventually, like initially, it was mostly just, you know, driven by brides. But I feel like nowadays, like grooms have also been very involved, which is a fun process. And of course, there's always parents trying to throw in an idea or two where we have to tackle or kind of take their idea, modernize it, and then, you know, have everybody enjoy a piece of their idea. Yeah, you have to make it seem like it was everyone's idea, even though it was mom's <laughs> idea. <laughs> like, all right, mom. Can we go back to this moon calendar? Are you well-versed in the moon calendar? Or did, is there like a con- moon consultant mm-hmm. that, you, that everyone goes to? Like, it's all it's definitely not me as every culture every um ethnicity i would say has their own preference and their own like, uh, their own like leader or their own priest that they would prefer um to go off of i know like let's say muslims would not get married in the month of ramadan which is a holy month. So we know like most of the time I probably will not have weddings around that time. You know, if I have some Hindu weddings, they would have a specific date that they have to, or a specific time actually on those dates that they have to get like married at. So yeah, it's it's not for me or somebody, but it's definitely like every culture or every family's personal preference. So the good news is it's not like all of them are like, I need to have it on August 9th at 9 a.m. You're like, okay, we can't do 50 weddings that day. Yeah, no, thankfully it's not like that. It's very much dependent on the bride and groom's horoscopes and what time like is best for them. But super individualized for the couple. Yeah, yeah. And then in Muslim weddings, I do have sometimes the weekend after Ramadan ends, that is a very busy weekend. And of course, we're going to have like 50 inquiries for that day. Like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't really do these many in one day. So let's talk about the day of. So because the weddings are like three, four days long, is it just you on site the day of? Do you have a little team? How do you do it? I definitely have a little team. We handle different aspects of the wedding itself. So my sister also leads some weddings for me. Um, So she would like plan or I would plan. And then we have like a smaller team that would go with us. Uh, We are definitely expanding. So always like, you know, having more girls on board. I've definitely had more girls surprisingly than guys. And let's say one part would handle the bride side. One part would handle the groom side or one part, one of the people would just handle the catering aspect of it. So it's very broken down into components. So everybody gets a fair share of work. So how do you prep them? Do you do pre-meeting, on-site? How how do you like to prep the crew on-site? Exactly. So since we're very familiar with some of the local venues now, so we don't really do like venue tours with my team as much as often anymore. Mm -hmm. But I try to loop them in with all the communication starting off uh, per project. Since, um, you know, let's say if I have uh, if I have a project for next April, my girls would be CC'd on there. So so they know what they're going on, uh, what's going on. If somebody from my team is working on the decor part of it or the floors part of it, they would have the contact information or all the details very like sooner or early on. And they would 
communicating with most of the vendors. So they know what's going on and I know what's going on and kind of creates a division of responsibilities. And then the day of we have like a meeting or in the morning, make sure like we make sure everybody's uh, has a list of things to do. Nothing goes uh, through the cracks. And yeah, that's how we do it. And then how long are, are your events usually? Are you on site like 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. or what? what, what? Oh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like four days. That has happened in the past. thousand oh. percent. When you have like multiple events. Um, I don't feel as bad for myself. But I feel bad for the bride sometimes because they have to get ready. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes it's more like two evening events, one morning event and another evening event. So you can still get time to rest. Do you have the right hair and makeup people? Are you like, hey, touch me up. Uh, I've had <laughs> that maybe twice. Uh, my friends were uh, one of my friends is a makeup artist so whenever she's on board and she's she's like early or something she's yeah. like let me touch you up there you go I like that we like that friend Let's yeah. sign her up so tell me what is it like when you're a wedding guest are you ever a guest anymore I <laughs> oh everyone I wish you could see her face she was like oh here we go now it's on all right Aisha's a wedding guest, is a very picky wedding guest. She's a judgy wedding guest. She's like, oh my gosh, why are you doing it like this? Like, why, why didn't you listen to me? Or it's sometimes it's like that, or the other times my friends are like, if it's some uh some of my, my friends or family getting married, I'm automatically a coordinator. Oh, you're you're designated in charge, like yeah. by default. By default, you're like, wait a Nobody has to say anything. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, everybody line up. It's time to get pictures done. And they're like, okay, there she goes. You're like back out of the way, people <laughs> coming through. Aisha's in charge to go bag. What's in your like? Okay, we have a wedding. What do you always have on you? And how is it on you? Is it on you, on your person? Like, talk, talk to me about your bags. planner bag. Yeah, so we have two bags. One of them is a bigger bag that ha- holds something for everybody from our for, for my team, including snacks, Red Bulls, lighters, like the big long lighters for candles. We will have medicines in there. Uh, we will also have like our floor plans or just like uh, invoices or uh, checklists in there as well with like our computers um our headsets are also in there and then we have smaller bags so all of us would have like a little sewing set if something like a button or something we have some advils we have tape we have um band-aids we have lash glues scissors and we have one more thing that i'm totally forgetting i think bobby pin there we go do you do it in a fanny pack kind of situation or crossbody? Yeah, some of us have a fanny bag. Some have like a side bag, like a crossbody, whatever. And you do full radio. You guys aren't on your cell. We did that for a little bit, but I, I we prefer radio. Yeah, the battery tends to last longer, right? And then do you use your cell to like say comments to each other? <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, when we have a headset, I think it's a lot, little more easier because we don't we can have our hands free and just like, you know, this is what you need to do. I don't need to pull out my phone. I just need to speak uh, in the mic and that should you be good just enough. go boom, boom, boom. Press the button. Ten, four. Do you, are you formal on the radio? Are you like, what's your 20? Aisha here? Like, is there like a, a radio? Yeah. Band? 
Yeah. yeah, it's more like, okay, this is your job. Number one, what are you doing? Number two, what are you oh. doing? It's it's fun. Uh, we we joke about it more, to be honest, than like how we are. We're, we're probably going to take each other's name, but we definitely joke about it. So it's it's fun. And everyone knows who number one and number two is? Like what number? Okay. <laughs> or we like, create like fake names for each other. We have like uh, like nicknames and those are fake names. And we would definitely say that, okay, Tabitha, this is what you're doing. And she wouldn't even be a Tabitha. And we just have these really funny old school names. Right? You have to have some fun. So I love that. You like give each other a hard time but just by being each other. I love it. Yeah. So how many weddings do you have uh, in the books for 2024? And how many more do you want? I'm just curious. So I try to avoid doing like a lot of full planning. Like if, if I'm the only one doing it, yeah. um, I, I would rather have like maybe two a quarter or one a quarter. We have four full planning booked out for next year. We have seven day of booked out, but like seven weddings, but like different events. Some have two events, some have three events. So kind of broken down like that. I love it. All right. Do you have one for like 2025, 2026, or how far out are we going yet? Inquiries happening right now for 2025. People okay. still looking into venues right now. Um, so not like full-fledged planning for 2025 yet, but definitely inquiries, definitely venue visits. Some are going on. 2026, I haven't done anything for. That yeah. would be too much for me. <laughs> too much. What are, are there any trends that you're seeing right now? Like, budgets, food, or is it pretty all like any big trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing either really big weddings or really small weddings, which is very interesting. Like either somebody wants to go all out, have like 10 events, go crazy, or somebody just wants to have like a very intimate ceremony and reception, like a family dinner and that's it. So it's it's fun. I am seeing a lot of decor trends come out. What I like to do is I just love being on like Instagram or something to look at next year's trends. So like uh-huh. I know what's going on. So that yeah, definitely looking into a lot more different styles of florals. I think people are done with baby's bread this year. So <laughs> I'm seeing like a lot more different kinds of florals coming out. So I'm excited to see that. Any balloons? Any big balloons? I see so much balloons on freaking Instagram. I'm like, oh, I got another balloon. I, okay, I don't like balloons for weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Very personal. Um, right? Do you want flowers? I want flowers. So. Yeah, I'd rather do flowers or candles, but like, please no balloons. <laughs> Any advice that you would give a bride uh, coming to you to be like, my perfect client is... My perfect client is somebody who kind of knows what they want but are also open to like creative criticism I of course like I I get it you like pastels and you like these kind of flowers let's do something fun and unique with it so you remember that it's very like personalized to your own wedding and we set up a new trend for the world I want somebody who's ready to like, you know, try out new things. It's not super traditional into like, uh, hey, let's have a 9 a.m. wedding, 10 p.m. reception, and this is it. I want somebody who's trying out new things, ready to do more fun things uh, with their wedding. Because it's it's very unique. It's a very special time of people's lives. Like, I, I think it should be very, like, heartfelt. So today, sitting in the seat that you're in, you still have a long way to go in your career. And hopefully we'll 
we'll be together in like five years and do another pod and be, or whatever it is. Maybe it's like words that come through your ear or into your brain or something, who knows AI doing something, but what would you tell the person three and a half years ago that was planning her wedding? That's now like CEO of her own event planning business. Don't give up. There were a lot of times where I'm like, Oh, why am I doing this? But it, it really ends up being worth it. Like there were always like doubts, like, is it good enough? Am I going to be okay? Is it something that I can actually do? So yeah, like, yeah, you can do it. (laughs) Don't give up. Those are the advice. Those are the sage advice words from Aisha today. Any other final comments or thoughts before we jump off the bridge? Uh, no, I just had a really good time. So I want to thank you for having me on, uh, you know, on this podcast today. How would anyone get a hold of you? How do they reach you? The right occasion.com, literally. And you just go on there, fill up a form, reach out to us. There's a phone number. You can text, call, email, anything that you like. Very communicative. You will get a response within the same day, most likely. Faster than Heidi at the info at, at the bridge. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> that was a right, the right the rightoccasion.com and you will get Aisha reply. I might just test it out to see how fast she can reply. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so Aisha, how do you want to get off the bridge today? What's your what's your method of getting off the bridge with me? Well, first of all, thanks again. And plan your weddings, but also be patient with all the vendors. They're really, really working hard to make sure, you know, like your big day is very special. Be kind to them, please. Um, I've seen some like insane stories with like some people getting upset. So just be patient. We really, really love your business. We appreciate you guys so much. And we do this because we love this so much. So that's why we're still patient with everything. But thank you so much, everybody for like listening in. I love it. So we're going to get off the bridge on a horse because... We're going to horse clomp, clomp, clomp across the bridge today to get off. How's that? Does that sound good? Love it. All right. Thanks, everyone. And talk to everyone soon.